Hey, Tech, how are you? What's up, man? Not too much, buddy. Not too much. Just enjoying a nice uh, weekend away from fucking work and the wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm still kind of new. I, well, pretty new to this whole podcast thing. Not exactly sure how it's going to work, but I figure we'll just shoot the shit and see how it goes from there. That's it, man. That's all I do. Nice. Well, a little bit about me. Uh, currently, I'm a uh, heavy equipment technician. I've uh, been doing this on and off. I've been involved with the heavy equipment construction world for about 20 years now. Um, started out, you know, like like most of us, just tinkering around with tinkering around with grandpa in the basement. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, messing around with some shit. Then realized, like most people, I wasn't meant for regular school, and the school realized that too. So they sent me off to the, uh, you know, the Vogue Tech. Messed around in construction for a little bit and realized lugging shingles up to a roof all day didn't sound like too much fun. So decided, I said, ah, why don't I go mess with cars? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got the whole uh, the school thing. Oh, yeah, you're going to get to do this and rebuild engines and do all this crazy cool shit and work on these really cool cars. And somehow in tech school, they always managed to get the cool cars to mess with, at least at my school they did. And then once uh, you started talking to some guys that were out there in the real world, it was like, nah, you don't get to play with all that stuff every day. It's mostly oil changes and bullshit and broken transmissions and you know, some yeah. nonsense, some and, warranty work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm from up in the Northeast. I, uh, Massachusetts originally now in Maine. So everything's all rusty <laughs> and that's like, it's just the worst, you know what yeah. I mean? So even in school, they taught you real quick torches, extractors, twist sockets. These are all going to be your best friends. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm kind of jealous of you guys down South. You probably look at most of your fasteners and they still look like fasteners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I went through the whole school thing and then got out of school and decided, like, you know, just, uh, you know, I had background in construction and a little bit in automotive. So I ended up opening my own construction company. And, uh, you know, I'm cheap, so I'm going to work on my own shit. And I had the background in it. So I was like, why don't I pay somebody to fix the broken down backhoe that the guys just broke today or the truck that they cracked up or whatever? Like, no, nah, just buy more tooling. <laughs> yeah. You know, who ends up, uh, you know, and, being your own business is kind of pretty cool, but at the same time, you work 24-7. Like, I know you've talked to some guys on the podcast that own their own auto shop and stuff like that. And I had the same thing, except it was construction all day. And then at night, you fix everything that the guys broke all day so everybody can go back to work the next day. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, those so, guys are rough on shit, too. Oh, dude. Luckily, the the crew that I had at the time was uh, was pretty good. They weren't too bad. I'll get into the current outfit I work with later, and we see some some shit. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I had my own business for a while. Then, uh, I think we're around the same age. So you're going to get the timeline pretty well around the 2008 when everything just kind of went to hell Yep. <laughs> and, uh, business kind of had to fold up. So ended up uh, a buddy of mine called me up said, Hey, a uh, union job for you working for the city, playing with equipment there. All right, cool. Sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was, I was pretty young at the time. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, good bennies and all that stuff. And yeah, then didn't realize that working for the government had a lot of government drama. <laughs> 16, you know, it's a nightmare to get anything done. And, uh, and with the union involved too, I know you're not, you don't have reunions down there and stuff like that, but uh, you can't really do a whole lot. Like I used to get in a lot of trouble cause you know, I fixed things. So if something broke on the machine, I was running, I would just fix it. Instead of bosses saying thank you, appreciate it, you get yelled at and written up. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh yeah, it's 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 some shit. And that was that was kind of tough for me to deal with for a while. And then it's just it's working at the government. 
that's like uh it's like high school all over again clicky and drama and stuff like that and jesus yeah so, nope i gotta go i gotta go ended up getting a weird job ended up staying with the government but going with the federal this time and uh went to go work for the united states antarctic program down at the bottom of the world really yeah yeah cool stuff man cool cool place to be and uh shit pay but the best views you'll ever see Really cool heavy equipment down there. They do some wild shit science and stuff like that. It's all the support science and everything. But I got down there to mostly run the equipment and do. I ended up also being kind of, I guess, what you'd consider on the automotive side is a lube tech, but on the equipment side, you know, I'd run it and then I'd also help grease it, change cutting edges, you know, check fluids, all the just, you know, bullshit. Basically, you know, the the lube tech, but the equipment side of it, you know, right. Just to keep myself busy because down there, there ain't a shitload to do. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a town, you know what I mean? Or city, yeah. go places or anything like that. You're kind of in the middle of a frozen nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's beautiful. You know, it's kind of untouched by man, like a really cool place where, you know, there's not buildings everywhere. You look as far as you can see beautiful white mountains and stuff. Cold as hell. So oh, I, I don't know if you really go for it being a, being a Florida guy, but you hell know, no. yeah, got, got as low when I was down there as negative 60. <laughs> no thanks dude at which point yeah though with the nice thing about it is you have to stop working because at that point steel starts to break you know what i mean so you can't yeah. run equipment you just hang around and wait for it to get a little warmer <laughs> jesus yeah and the thing is it's real um real abrasive soil down there it's like all volcanic rock so a lot of like the maintenance items on machines cutting edges and teeth on excavators and stuff like that wear wicked fast like yeah, you know, sometimes be changing teeth on an excavator bucket at the end of a shift you know damn about eight hours yeah <laughs> so ends up being pretty hard on the equipment then uh the way it works down there too is you like sign up for a contract season or whatever like that with the feds and they you know they it's it's, it's so i did the end of my contract and then i wanted a lot more money to stay down there and they didn't want to pay a lot more money so i see you later <laughs> yeah. how long were you down there at a time uh it the the seasons generally they cover between four and eight months i was down there for about eight months some people stay a little longer but generally they don't let you stay down there too long without coming back because it kind of messes with you mentally because it's yeah. 24 hours of daylight 24 hours of darkness jesus season goes it's, it's it's some shit. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. You know, it's it's weird to kind of learn how to sleep and work in that environment. And then they did have a couple of bars down there, which is cool. But rolling out of the bar at two in the morning and it's bright daylight out here. <laughs> shit, I'm supposed to be at work. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> body just doesn't react a little right. Wow. And uh, and basically, I came back from that and kind of got into a like a smaller company doing like uh, pipeline work doing uh gas pipelines and uh i kind of ran the equipment and worked on the equipment you know whenever it was rain days going to the shop fix stuff if stuff broke down on site i had a service truck you know take care of it right there which is just tough working in the field you know i know you're a shop guy your whole life and that's you know you kind of have to uh make shit work sometimes you know it's not yeah. necessarily the most uh uh, the, the right way to do a fix but if it gets the machine back up and going and the hydraulic fluid stop from pouring all over the road you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> you know, so you got to learn a lot of cool, uh, cool stuff about our underground piping system and stuff like that, which was really neat. You know what I mean? It's all, and it's, it's like the piping system in a car. It's all just nuts and bolts and stuff travels one way and stuff travels another way and valves open and close. And this stuff just explodes. If you fuck with it, you know, a lot <laughs> of natural gas and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You know? 
But then, uh, like all those things, everything, it gets old after a while and fighting with bosses and this and that. And it got real highly, very, real highly regulated. So, like, you had to go to school every year to be around the gas, and they didn't want to pay you. And it's just shit. So I decided to go, well, you know, well, you know, try the water somewhere else. Because at the time, at the, at, it's, it's still currently is construction's big business in the Northeast. So there's no. Yeah. No shortage of jobs. And I thought, oh, why don't I go work for one of these big giant outfits? You know what I mean? With all the really cool big shit, which ended up being a huge mistake. But uh, I get there and they uh, they start having me doing like all sorts of fabrication work and stuff like that. Give me a real nice service truck with a welder on it and everything. Sending me all over the place. You know, be in Pennsylvania one week, New York, Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, Jeez. New Hampshire. You know, and it's... Wow. Yeah. Luckily... At the time, my, my wife wasn't my wife yet, was very understanding about it because I, I met her while she while I was pipelining. So she kind of she kind of got it like, you know, you go all over the place and you work places and you come home and then you disappear for a while. Yeah. But then at the big outfit, you know, just kind of a kind of a number. You know what I mean? Yep. F- fucking numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the point where some of the big products they had slowed down, and it was too expensive to keep me on. I made too much money. Jesus. Yeah. So, all right. See you later. At this point, during this, when I'd worked for the big company, because they had me traveling all over the place, I had uh, got a nice little place up in Maine. You know, kind of more uh, more friendly to our rights and freedoms, if you catch my drift. It's a little more, right. more like the Florida of the Northeast, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. you know, guns and not a lot of rules and less inspection rules and yeah, freedom fees and stuff like that. It's nice. It's like, yeah, it's like Florida, but cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we get the snow. So I kind of have to, you know, I uh, had the place up here and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I seen the city close by. I was looking for uh, for people. I was like, fuck it. So I'll stay home for a while. But again, I, I, I screwed up because I was like, it was union again. Same things. Get in trouble for fixing stuff. City <laughs> drama. Oh, you know. And then. uh Kind of decided to get out of there and found an ad for a job on Facebook, of all places. Prevailing wage job. I don't know if you know what prevailing wage is. Did no. you guys have that in Florida? So the state sets the rates for what they have to pay contractors when they do state jobs. And in the state of Massachusetts, where I work, the rate for an operator or a mechanic, which I do both, is around 80 freaking dollars an hour. So I couldn't say no. Wow. Yeah. God damn, that's good. Exactly. It's, it's like, oh, hell yeah. Nice. You know, and it finally put in enough time in my career where I was good for that job. And uh, I kindly went, went down, went back down there working, traveling all the time, going down, you know, to Massachusetts from Maine. It's not too far, but it's like 100 miles away. So I take the camper down once a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep the camper on site and then go home, keep my traveling expenses low, you know? Nice. And then uh, working on a really awesome job. Big, big heavy equipment, you know, lots of big iron 40-ton excavators and stuff like that, playing around with some big toys. And then uh, one day, I'm, I'm just running the equipment at this point. I hadn't, they, they hadn't caught on yet that I knew how to turn a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> they called me one day, oh, yeah, we got uh, this big problem. You know, they're up on a big highway job, and they have uh, a big machine down with a big hole ram on it. Are you familiar with what, like, uh, what a hole ram is, like the big hammer on the end of an excavator? Yeah, 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 yeah. So... This is this is my first mistake. Oh yeah, I'll come up and help you. I'm on the other end of the job doing something else. Now these like 
tell you the rate. So it's like a lot of a lot of pressure right now because at the at this point there's crews of guys all making for this prevailing wage, standing around waiting for this machine to get started up again. Damn. Yeah. So now, and then you get then this is this is the tough thing about being doing field work is now all these people standing around now have an opinion on how to tell you how to fix the machine <laughs> after they just called you to come fix the machine because they couldn't fix it. But they yeah. but they know how, they know how to do your job. I'm sure like you probably get the customers that make their way into the shop every once yeah, in a while to that, try that shit. That's got to be worse, though, because they're all just standing there getting paid to watch you and criticize you. Exactly. And then the boss is standing there watching all this money go out the window by the minute. Yep. Damn. Yeah. So... Ends up being the whole ram's not working. I'm like, all right, try real quick for you. All right, so it's no hydraulics. Why is it not getting hydraulics? Hit the hit the button. Don't hear anything happen. No valve opening. Okay, so let's 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 start playing chase it. Let's chase the line. See where they go. You know what I mean? A little electronic kind of. Uh, it's like a, I guess like a, two hoses go in. It's like a solenoid block, and there's two just electronic solenoids that actuate it. I find this. I located. I looked at the this plastic solenoid that controls the. Uh, the valve is in pieces hanging down by the wires. <laughs> uh, I think that's your fucking problem. This right. is my first mistake because I found the problem. I told them how it was. It's like, let me see. I can get this back together. I kind of like hold it back together in place. The plastic housing is shattered. Hold it back in place. And I'm like, hit the button. Don't you know the whole ram? Ding, 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 ding. All right, cool. All right, I can fix this. We're going to get you back in action. Some some fucking electrical tape and mechanics wire to hold the solenoid back in to get a multi-million dollar multi-million dollar job back up and running again there you go wow (laughs) good but that was my first mistake it's hard now we need you in the garage in the winter time help us out okay no i'd never been to this company's shop before i'd just gone to the job and stuff like that you know what i mean like here's the job here's the machine go to work right i go to this shop tech it's pretty big shop. I'd say uh, it's like a like like two hundred by four hundred. You know what I mean? You know, pretty pretty good size shop. You know, heavy. You gotta be able to fit heavy equipment in there. Yeah. But this very large space is nothing but freaking junk everywhere and goat paths. Goat paths. Yeah, just like paths through the junk. Oh. On the floor. That's like, like you know you got this huge shop, but there is just crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know how I'm going to work here. Like, this is fucking nuts. And I was like, what, what did I get myself into? <sighs> like, this shop's a disaster. I just mean just crap everywhere. Everything's dirty. Like, I'm like, all right. But I seen the potential, and I kind of see what happened because this company that I work for is like a small family outfit. And, uh, like, the owner's kids are all around my age, and they're starting to, like, take a role in the company, like, getting ready to start to take over for the older generation. Right. So I kind of got them. I was like, listen, guys, I need some help, and we got to get this place in, in work in order. Like, we actually got to create a shop here. You know, we got millions in equipment. Like, this company, we got over 40 pieces of equipment. You know, I know it's a small family company, but we have a good amount of equipment, good amount of guys, everything from 40-ton excavators all the way down to compressors, service trucks, dump trucks, tractor trailers, low beds, graders, front-end loaders, big giant rollers, you know, all, all the toys of a big construction company. And now I'm responsible for maintaining all of this stuff. Just you? Well, there's me and their their current, we're going to put air quotes, uh, mechanic that they had had previously. Uh, I mean, the guy can do some shit, but he's uh, what you consider Mickey Mouse. You know yeah. what I mean? Like doesn't own a torque wrench. You know what I mean? One of those yeah. guys. Yeah. 
you know, which is kind of scary thinking about when you're putting wheels and axles together on big trucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, fucking just kind hydraulic of hydraulic like lines. What's that? In hydraulic lines. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> scary stuff. So I, I get introduced to this old guy and he's like, oh, yeah, so you're going you're gonna to help me help us out in the garage. I was like, I'm going to try. <laughs> it's like, you any good with electrical? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I hold my own in electrical. That's kind of one of the areas where I shine because I'm kind of methodical tech. You know what I mean? I don't, right. I don't know if you do a lot of electrical, but, uh, you know, connections, especially up here in the Northeast, are everything. You don't have a good connection, you're going to get salt in there, and she's going to be green in no time. Actually, I bet you probably deal with that a lot in Florida, right, with the corrosion from the yeah. salt in the air? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. You get the people like the, the pokey pokey people, I call them. <laughs> you know, up to poke holes and wires. Yep. There's been a lot of that at the place I work, so I have had to do a lot of um, – just kind of fixing hack jobs. Yep. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, this this whole shop is set up like this, but I could see the potential. You know what I mean? So me and the bosses start getting it cleaned up, getting it sorted up, start getting equipment in there, and I start working on stuff. I start getting the bosses and other people to work, taking care of this place while I'm trying to fix all these disasters of equipment. And, uh, you know, it just started bit by bit, ended up we have now like a really, really nice big shop. You know what I mean? It's a construction shop, so it's still, you know, every time you get a machine in and out, there's tracking shitloads of dirt and crap oh, and yeah, oil and everything else. So it's a it's a constant mission. And being that it's a small family outfit, you know, I don't have anybody to come clean the shop. I clean everything else up after every job I do, you know? Damn. Everything coming and going. It's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we work on, you know, we everything, dude. Like, it's it's so tough because I'll be doing gas, diesel, you know, got a lot of Ford trucks, which is great. They try and keep the their, the younger generations trying to get the fleet a lot more uniform, you know, where it's, you know, when I first got there, it's a mix of all sorts of equipment, like, you know, some John Deere, some Caterpillar, you know, Mitsubishi, Bomag, JCB, and I'm trying to deal with all these different manufacturers, oh. and it's a freaking nightmare. Yeah, because this place, and I say they're kind of old school. They don't even have a computer in the shop yet. Really? Yep. No computer at this at this point. So everything I'm doing, I'm trying to do on a smartphone. Parts diagrams, wiring diagrams, service manuals on oh, a little damn, smartphone. Dude. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah, it was nuts because it took a little while for the office to realize. You know, I had the the like I said, the younger generation telling them we need a computer in the shop. They're like, but we've done fine with a computer for all these years with no computer. <laughs> and it's, but like the technology's changing. Like these things are a lot more electronic now. You know, all the equipment with all these emission systems. And the, I mean, the emission system is the same as I'm sure you afford the diesel and the diesels coming in and out of your shop, you know. Yeah. DPF, CGRs, SCR filters. It's all the same stuff. It's just bigger, you know. Yeah. You know, my DPFs on some of these things I need to lift out with cranes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, which may, which makes it a lot more fun. You know what I mean? You get playing with the big stuff. And then once you get into the big stuff, too, it's also, and one of the things is the tooling. You know what I mean? Like, the the tooling required for this job is an enormous expense, especially if you want to go decent quality. And you kind of have to because... Uh, an inch and three eighths Harbor Freight wrench. Once you start yanking on that thing, that that thing spreads, and you're having a bad day once something that size rounds off. Oh, I bet, man. <laughs> I bet. You know, it's 
Yeah, it's and with the salt up here because we do the company I work for. We do snow work as well, so all of our all of our front end loaders go out in the snow in every winter. You know, every snowstorm, pushing snow back. You think the operators wash all the salt off when they get back? Clean the salt out from inside the cabs? Not if they don't get paid to. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a freaking chance. So a lot of the stuff I especially have to deal with after the uh, the winter season is brake pedals and gas pedals. Because the, 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 you know, the guys get in and out of the machines, the salt water all over, the salt and shit all over their boots gets all over the, the pedals in the machines. And now you got these gas and brake pedals that like to stick. Now, in, you know, 40, 50,000 pound front end loader cruising around down the street, and then all of a sudden your throttle pedal sticks. So, oh, shit. Oh, the brake pedal sticks. That's some big problems right there. Big problems. Big (laughs) problems. And these are constant things you have to deal with up north in the heavy equipment industry. You know, and the the rust from the salt and everything just, you know, you get a simple hydraulic line that lets go. You know, well, that, that's rusted. It's rusted to the fitting next to it. The valve's rusted, you know, so you end up getting in these like, okay, one little problem becomes this major freaking job. You know what I mean? It happens just all the time because of the rust, you know, it would be a simple, easy repair, but then, oh no, you got to get into some shit. And then to get the brackets, to get the hose off, all those bolts broke, Jesus. you know, so you got to so, get, you got to get good. You got to get good with the welder too. Oh, I bet. You Where know. do you, do you guys like, how do you get your parts for those things? Uh, order them all ourselves. I don't have a parts guy. I'm my, I'm my own parts guy. You know what I mean? And that my friend is a nightmare in and of itself for dealing with just about anybody other than Ford and Caterpillar. Ford, fantastic dealership right up the street. Call it in good parts guys. Stuff's over in like 20 minutes. No problem. Nice. Caterpillar. They are, um, I don't know, they set, I guess they would set the standard in the heavy equipment industry for, for service and parts. Because uh, they, they literally have like teams of people that answer the phone at different dealerships just to get parts for their customers. Really? Oh, yeah. And because these machines are so expensive, their parts infrastructure is on it. Like they don't want you down for long. Like they'll find it, they'll get it. And I mean, I've had, points like last year i had to get a bearing for a machine out of beijing china they had it for me in two days from china from china during covid in two days shit yeah multi-billion dollar company like that has a lot of pull you know what i mean like people might not be going in and out of there but they're sure as shit moving parts in and out of there wow yeah which is is fantastic and like i said they are the the best pretty good parts diagrams very forthcoming with the service information but then you go and you deal with companies like, I'll just throw it out there, JCB, for example. I'm not going to drop the dealer's name exactly, but the, the JCB dealer that I have to deal with is an absolute nightmare. So this is an example. I, I, just, just the other day, I'm working on one of our backhoes. I need a valve cover gasket. Call him up about 9 in the morning. says, okay, we'll get back to you with price and availability. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They call me back. Can you take some pictures of the valve cover gasket? Holy shit. They keep might have given them all the numbers for this machine. You know what I mean? They have the, the they have the VIN, they have the engine serial number, yeah. everything, all that stuff. You know, I'm not messing around. I want to get the right parts the first time. 
And they're like, can you take some pictures of it and send it to us? And I'm like, well, I don't exactly have it apart yet because I don't have the part. And this is currently a running machine. It's just leaking oil. You know what I mean? Like, you can keep it going, just pouring oil into it. You know, you don't have to necessarily, you know, down the thing for that. You know, once you pull the valve cover gaskets, that thing ain't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pull it, send them pictures. Days later, still nothing. Call them back. Oh, we're working on it. Oh, we're working on it. It's Friday. They call me, yeah, it's in Chicago. We'll have it to you next week. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are killing me, killing me. And I could give you examples all day. I had my one of the one of the boss's kids that uh, kind of basically, uh, I guess, probably pretty much taken over running the company for the most part. It's big dude. He's a big tattooed biker looking dude. Nicest dude on the planet. But, like, he looks like a dude you wouldn't want to cross in an alley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he wanted to kill the parts guys at John Deere one day, and I'm not I, I'm not allowed to send him up there to get parts from me anymore because he's going <laughs> to fight the guys at the parts counter because it's the same type. Of, they, they, they're they not forthcoming on the information. They're giving you bad dates. They've given you the wrong parts, <laughs> and these this equipment is so expensive. You know what I mean? Some of this stuff costs as much as a house, and yeah. they have it down, and then they give you the wrong parts, and then they, oh, it's just... It's it's tough, and I you know I, I know people with their cars they want them back fast, but you know you get heavy equipment they want that they want that shit running right now. Yeah, as soon <laughs> they, as it's down, you're losing money. Exactly, they're lo- exactly that's what it is. They're losing money, and they're like they see the money by the minute going out the window that this machine's not moving earth or ripping pavement or smashing rock or whatever they happen to be doing with it that day. Yeah, just like uh like working on fleets at a yep. dealership, those guys they they want you to diagnose that shit right away. Give them the estimate so they can approve it and get that shit done. Exactly. Exactly. It's where the money's at. It's fleet. That, that, that's, I hear you, buddy. That's my whole game is fleet. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. where you make, you know, like I said, I'm making prevailing wage, which is you know, it's public record. So it's not like I'm letting out any secrets or anything like that. What I make can be looked up on the government website. But, you know, Master that's Mechanic in Massachusetts, fleet. prevailing wage company, 80 bucks an hour. Well, 81 and change now. Damn. Go- Goes up every six months. Really? Yep. Holy shit. I haven't had a raise in a year. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, this is this is every six months. Raise guaranteed. You know, it is it is what it is. The government sets the rates, and that's... Well, actually, I shouldn't say the government sets the rates. The government's in combined with the local union set the rates. So the government kind of negotiates with the union as to what the rate's going to be for, you know, different positions on, on state work jobs. And that's basically all my company, the company that I work for does is state municipal contract work. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty freaking sweet, man. It's pretty so, freaking sweet. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Sounds like it. And the nice thing is about working for a small company, like even though like I'm my own parts guy, I don't have a parts runner. I don't have, you know, somebody to wash the vehicles before they bring them in or somebody to clean the shop. I'm kind of my own boss as far as like running the shop goes. You know, like I just, I don't have anybody that I answer to. I bring shit in, shit gets fixed. I call them up. It's ready yet. Send the low bed back down, send it out. <laughs> yeah. You so you, 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 you run the whole damn shop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, if something breaks down on the field, you know, I go out and take a look at it. If I can fix it on site, bang it out on site. If not, like, oh, this is going to be a big job. Like we're better off just bringing it back to the shop. You know what I mean? And then come out, get the trailer, haul it back, get into it at the shop, you know? And you try and try and swap it out if we have a spare machine, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that, you know. So sometimes you I... you don't get paid flat rate per job, right? You just get paid hourly. Nah, there's none of that flat rate in the uh, in the construction industry. 
You know, there's uh there for for dealerships, and I've I've looked into dealerships or friends that work at dealerships. There are warranty times on certain repairs that the dealerships do on machines, but it's not exactly followed. It's more of like kind of like a guideline. Yeah. You know, they they still get paid. It takes as long as it takes, and the billable hours are the billable hours. Yeah. That's it. You know. So you don't Which, do any kind of warranty work on stuff. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Well, the warranties on these machines are only like a year anyway, so the warranties are out like that. You know, damn, what I mean? they cost that much money, and they only give you a year warranty. Year warranty. Well, I mean, keep in mind what they're doing with them. Yeah, and that's true. Kind, it's kind of like the guy that. that you had on that did the dirt bikes. You know what I mean? They they go out yeah. and they get beat on. They you know what I mean? Get out of them. Exactly. They, and then you know you get certain operators that are just smash, smash, smash. You know, <laughs> shit. One of our owners of the company. Is a smash, smash, smash guy. Just fucking whack it. Just whack it. And I hear him. I see him do stuff like that with the machines, and I just cringe. And I'm like, oh my god, how much is that going to cost in repairs? <laughs> how many hours am I going to have doing those bushings and broken pins and everything worn out? Because you know they just they just see numbers like we need to get pipe in the ground, we need to get this curb in the ground, or the amount of sidewalk later this road ripped up. Like it's just got to get done. Don't give a fuck. Smash yeah. now. Fix it later. I've gotten fleet vehicles that came in with some complaints that you can't duplicate. And it's like, I think that those guys just didn't want to fucking work that day. Oh, no, we definitely get some of that, too. Oh, I've definitely gotten a bunch of that, too. I've gotten a bunch of that. You know, <laughs> uh, we need the mechanic to come out. It, it's it's leaking all over the place. You come out and you're like, they said they can't run it because it's leaking. And you'd be like, dude, the AC's on, bro. <laughs> fucking <laughs> water, man. Ain't hydraulic fluid. What the yeah. hell are you doing? That's funny, man. <laughs> playing the game, dude. Playing the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, luckily, at this place I work now, there's not a lot of game players just because of the, the, the money that's involved. You know what I yeah. mean? Once you get up to that level, those guys, the guys that play games get weeded out real fast. You got a lot more of them when I was working at, like, the city and stuff like that. Oh, that's I where bet. I saw a lot of stuff like that. Like, any excuse not to work. <laughs> you know? At this rate, these guys, they want to bang shit out. And I will say my company's pretty good with the construction crews. They're usually what they do is they do kind of goal setting at the beginning of the day. Like, we want to get, like, you know, 300 feet of pipe in. So, you know, they start at, like, 7 in the morning. They get that 300 feet of pipe in at one they They're all going home at one thirty. Nice. Yep, getting paid for eight. See you later. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yep. And, I mean, I will say the company outfit, the, 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 the operators that we have, they are amazingly fast, but they are amazingly hard on the equipment. So when you're doing like that kind of work that fast, like these dudes beat the bag out of stuff. Nice. You know, just lots of smashy, smashy, just like just hitting and just they don't give a shit. They work <laughs> it hard. They work it fast. And they they've we've got guys that work these machines so hard and fast that they literally we've had to like go through so many different kinds of grease just to keep the grease from pouring out of the pins. The second they grease them, they get so hot. No shit. Yeah, dope. Like we've had to go through experiments with all sorts of different high-end brands of grease just to keep the machines lubricated. <laughs> you know, because these guys, like I said, and you know, you're working these machines hard, the middle of the highway, no sun, no shade. You know what I mean? The machine's just getting beat on with the sun, middle of the summer, 80, 90 degrees out. You know, and then all the friction from those machines and all the power they're putting at ripping earth and rock. And, you know, in New England, we get a lot of ledge in the ground. So they're always going against a lot of rock and trying to pull big freaking boulders out of the ground with undersized machines. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they just, they work it hard. And it's, 
it's that's that's kind of the fun part of it is because I know that I'm never gonna have no work. Yeah, you right. Know? Like I'm I'm always gonna be busy with the way these guys smash shit. <laughs> Oh, shit. You know, and then we get to, we get the guys that like to smash up the trucks too. That's always a good one. They come in, the trucks all banged up like, oh, dude. And I'm, you know, I'm not a body guy. I'll replace panels and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? You know, I'll straighten some bumpers out and shit like that. But be like, nah, dude, this shit got to go to the body shop. Like, I don't do no Bondo or paint. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking, that's art. Oh, oh, it is, man. It is. I've been listening to you like talking about what you're doing with your Nissan. And it brought me back to a... When I just started with this company, the uh, they one of the Boston smashed the shit out of the back end of this loader, and it wasn't replaceable panels. I mean, I wasn't sorry, replaceable like steel panels. It was a lot of like fiberglass and shit like that. And I'm like, mm. you know, I try my, I got some time. We try my hand at bodywork. And much like you, like you look at it at first, you first doing like, oh, this is gonna come out pretty good. <laughs> and you throw some primer on there, you're like, oh, nah, dude, this ain't even good at all. Yeah, this ain't even gonna pass for a piece of construction equipment. <laughs> Uh shit I, I man it's hard that shit's hard as fuck to do man you gotta have the eye that's what I that's what I look at that stuff like those guys that do that have the eye for doing yeah. body work man and then you the painters I mean? oh yeah that's forget amazing. them yeah I, I can't even do that I'll spray bomb some shit but that's about it yeah yeah you know the nice thing about the construction industry though is, is these guys are gonna scratch the shit out of it and bang it up all the time anyway so yeah, that's what's nice about working on the fleet trucks is if you do any kind of interior work, the fucking interior is disgusting. And oh, yeah, the interior is trash to them. So you ain't got to worry about scratching anything. <laughs> nope, nope. Oh, yeah, oh, no, I got a little bit, I had a little bit of grease on my glove that rubbed on it. Yeah, they ain't going to notice that shit. Nope, not when there's <laughs> dip spit all over the floor oh. and fucking cans and mcdonald's wrappers and shit. cigarette ash. And yeah, I, I don't know if you get it a lot with the fleet vehicles, but lottery tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, everywhere. Stuffed in every panel. Lottery tickets. I had one cover in one of the air conditioning ducts behind the (laughs) dash. They're saying it won't blow defrost. I pull the dash out. I'm like, oh, that's why. I think I posted that picture up on Facebook or something. It wasn't even a winning ticket either. It's like, why are you hanging on to these things? (laughs) Right? I I don't know, dude. For some reason, they stuff them in the trucks everywhere they can. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. It's a strange thing, man, dealing with these all all these drivers and stuff like that, man. They're the drivers are tough. Oh, man, I had a driver the other day. I had to yell at because this goofball thought it'd be a good idea, this dump truck driver, to as a shovel holder use the top of the air tank and the anchor points for bungeeing the shovel to the plastic air brake lines coming off of the air Ooh, tank. Damn. <laughs> I'm like, you understand how bad of an idea this is, right? Like, these are plastic. This is metal, sharp edge. Now, I know, I know, Florida's not too bad, but up here in New England, the roads are shit. I mean, potholes and shit everywhere. So everything's vibrating and shaking. This is shovels vibrating against plastic airlines coming off the brake, you know, coming off the air tank. <laughs> oh my God! Like the shit I got to deal with. People kidding me? Like I don't have enough work already. Not to mention it was on our Peterbilt, which I had to do some work on the airlines on this Peterbilt a couple years ago. And the only way to get to these airline, the, the, the brake valve where all these airlines lead under the cab is either pick the cab up off the thing or you got to rip the entire interior apart and go through a little two by two access hole in the center of the floor and work upside down. 
Oh Jesus! To wrestle, to wrestle these airlines off. So I wanted to, at this point when I seen this truck driver messing with these airlines, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Be like, dude, I want no part of that job. I already had to do that job before. Don't make me do it again because you're stupid. <laughs> do you have uh, lifts in your shop? Like nah, the full negative, cabs? Nah, we we don't have uh, we don't have any lifts because most of the stuff we have can't be lifted. <laughs> right. That's that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Is like, how would you? lift like an engine out of a fucking front end loader or some shit like that uh usually with another excavator or a forklift or something like that is what what i what i usually do to do that kind of stuff yeah i usually get another operator with another machine you know we have like a, a forklift with a nice boom that goes on the forks for for doing a lot of that stuff okay you know we don't have an overhead crane or anything like that i wish we did who knows maybe the next shop wow yeah but you know everything is on everything everything's on the ground you know what i mean it is what it is and and every once in a while like i'm working on the the dump trucks i do the training lines in an f-350 the other day and like you know on the ground like this sucks yeah i bet this is terrible i wish i had a lift but honestly with the space that they take up for the amount of vehicles i usually try not to work on the small stuff we uh our yard where we have, we have like a whole bunch of bays in the building. They own this building. And one of the guys that we rent the bay to has a auto repair shop. So I try and send most of like the small trucks and stuff over to him Yeah. to take care of, you know what I mean? Cause he's got lifts and all that stuff. Like he's just, he's more, he's more equipped to do the job than me, you know? Yeah. And it's more of a waste of time when you can be working on a fucking million dollar front end loader. <laughs> exactly. You know, that exactly. needs to be fixed right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's crews waiting on this. Like we got extra pickup trucks. Nobody gives a shit about that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> we drive your we, own car. We, we need the iron back up and running. Yeah. But that's where it's like a lot more fun. Cause like when I go to school working on cars, like once you get into the big iron man, like, I don't know, there's something about it. Like, once you start fucking with it and you start playing with those big stuff, like the, the small stuff just doesn't seem as fun anymore. You know what I mean? I could see that, you know, and it's, and it used to, it used to be, now it's getting more as tough. It used to be a lot easier to work on the bigger equipment because you have a lot more room. They're not jamming everything in so tight. Yeah. But now with all the emission stuff that now, now construction equipment has, you know, they're jamming everything in there. You got no room in there either. <laughs> Do you have like scanners and shit to, They've set engine codes and stuff like that on those front end loaders. Yes and no. So different manufacturers, you, you, some, some, you need them, some you don't. And that's where I'll give John Deere credit on this one. Most of their, uh, the code resets and you can get all the code, your trouble codes and all your service information right through the onboard display in the machine. Really? You just have to enter a, you have to enter a service password and then you can get into this whole nother level of, of different stuff that you can do right through the display in the machine. Oh, wow. So they make it pretty easy, but Caterpillar, we had to go and buy the computer, and I had to get them, uh, get the, get the company to 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 spend the money to get that. And it's a subscription based thing, you know what I mean? Like you have to pay every year for the program and every year for the service data. Yeah. But I will say Caterpillar with their service data is fantastic, and their computers and the just the diagnostic computers they're great, and they 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 teach you how to use them too. Like when you get them, they give you a free class to go like show you how to do them. No shit. You know, yeah. I mean, I had some friends that were cat techs that were that are cat techs are and were. So I had them come down the shop and just kind of give me the run through on the computer, like one on one, because I, you know, we got it during COVID, so it wasn't an in person class, and they tried to do it over the computer, and you know, I, I don't know. That's just it's not how I learned, man. You know what I mean? I'm uh, yeah. more of like a like give me your show me how to do it or show me 
kind of how it works and I'll figure the rest out. You know what I mean? That's that's the same as me. But I think that's kind of more our trade though. You know what I mean? That's, we get our hands on something, we get into it and we figure it out. Yeah. If we can take it apart, we can put it back together. Exactly. If (laughs) if If we were all classroom people, we'd all be, we'd be all engineers. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh my God. Yeah. They are a fucking nightmare. And I know you do the same shit that I deal with, with the fucking, you get into it, you're like, you're like, you fucking asshole engineer, I want to punch you in the freaking head for designing this like this. Yeah. You yeah. know? Especially, with, I don't know what the deal is, whether somebody at all the manufacturers, you, you, the one that you work for and the ones that I work with included is these stupid fucking round head bolts with Torx and Torx Plus and everything else like that. And I'm and the hex heads, and I'm like, in New England, that stuff is is junk. Yo, junk, I bet junk like it's a little bit of salt because you know you barely a Torx head is a little bit of it's messed up or a hex head a little bit messed up you're not getting that son of a bitch out of there. No, you're fine. You know, once you throw some salt at it, they're just big garbage. <laughs> Jesus, it's just like, like a door panel. Have a brother that works for like you know Allen Head Fastening Company, a Torx Head Fastening Company, or some shit because I don't <laughs> know what the hell you were thinking when you put this shit in here. Yeah, it's just like on door panels on these cars. It's like. They use three different bolts to remove the door panel. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> I gotta change I do, everything. I, ironically, that you say that, I was working on a door panel on a Ford just the other day. Yeah. I'm just like, what's that? Sevens, the hell? eights, torques, like that, 10 millimeters. Like, what the fuck? How many different bolt heads do you need to use? The, on, the, on the same hinge, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I need a wrench. I need a ratchet. I need a 12. I need, an, I need, a, I need a 13. I'm like, what the fuck is going Like, you people are killing me. You couldn't have just used all the same size bolt. Too difficult. You know, but hmm. I don't know, man. It's Once you get into the, the, the heavy equipment thing, it seems like there's like I, I like I'm actually amazed by like how you guys deal with the flat rate stuff cuz I don't I I I don't think I could make it in that world to tell you the truth just because of like it's I I don't know like cuz when you get into like some of these jobs up here with the rust like one bolt you can spend like 3 hours on getting one bolt out then you, you know you get paid that 3 hours well I mean how how does that work with flat rate like you well, know like do, do, is it can you put in to the to the customer or the uh the, the manufacturer, for instance, for that time when you run into stuff like that? The manufacturer, yeah. The customer, yeah, too. I mean, Oh, no they, kidding. Okay. Oh, all right. If they bring a car in here that's rusted, we tell them, you know, say you need rear brakes and your calipers are just completely rusted and you tell them, look, I'm probably going to run into some problems. You may end up needing extra labor time and more parts and probably calipers, rotors. Everything I touch is probably going to take a shit. <laughs> yeah so yes, i'm gonna start with this and <laughs> it's probably gonna be this and then they either approve it or not and hopefully they don't approve it because i don't want to deal with it oh okay you know that's how i work i got gotcha. you there's plenty of cars for me to work on i mean i'll fix <laughs> nice. your shit but it's gonna cost you a lot of money but hopefully it doesn't you know no kidding and then like warranty time stuff like cars under warranty it's like if there's an electrical problem you know, and you're trying to figure it out. You just run straight time. Oh, so, nice. Oh, they'll, oh, they'll do that with electrical. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they'll do it. I mean, as long as you can write a good story, that's, that's what the power of the pen saying is about. Yep. But you know, I don't, it, I don't really do a lot of straight time stuff, but when I do, it's usually for cars that are trucks that have a lot of like extra shit, 
you know, they got booms and cranes and shit and they got all these wires running through here that I got to go to. So I got to remove all that. So I charge Ford, you know, extra time to do any kind of warranty repair if I have to remove all this company's extra stuff. Oh, nice. So all the stuff all assholes like me put all over the truck when we get yeah, a brand yeah, new yeah, nice yeah. chassis. We throw it all over there for the company, load it all up, and then you got to yeah. take it all apart. <laughs> yeah, you just run it wherever the hell you guys want to, too, don't you? <laughs> um, I will say I try to be pretty good about that, and I would actually, I'm really nice because I always put connectors on everything, like like um, real big on these, uh, the cat uses these Deutsch connectors. You know, just like waterproof, nice plug-in. So I'll just be like where it runs like from the from the cabin chassis into the body. Mm-hmm. Everything's got connectors on it. So you've got to pull that body off or pull the cab off or something like that. Yeah. Plug, plug, plug. That's nice. See, we yeah. got to end up labeling each wire and cutting oh. them or disconnecting them. And then, you know, making sure they go right back to the same spot. Or Because if something's not working, it's like, I don't fucking know. I, don't, I know <laughs> nothing about this shit and I don't want to know. So no, it's tough, man. Cause some of our trucks, like we get like come kind of somewhat pre-upfitted with like some equipment on it. You know what I mean? And then me and the company, we put other stuff, you know, water tanks, inverters, and you, you know, you do fleet vehicles. You see all the shit that we stick all so in. You install all that shit. Yeah, exactly. I have to put all that stuff in. So, and I'll get like these bodybuilders that just put the basic body on the truck that like hack the shit out of everything. Yes, they do. I don't and, know oh my God. Cause, and then the, those bodybuilders and don't even, I'm not even going to classify them as mechanics because no. you've seen the work that they do. That's not mechanic level work. That's some backyard hackery. Yeah. Have you ever, I don't know if you ever have, but an RV, like a class A RV. Have you ever looked at one of those? No, I have not. I, I have a camper myself, but I've never really messed with the RV side of things. The RVs are fucking horrendous, dude. It's oh, like, really? It's, it's the worst shit ever. Oh. <sighs> It just if you ever see one, like go to a dealership, just open the hood and just shine a flashlight in there, and you'll be like, "What the hell, dude?" No, uh, I'm sure in Florida you probably get a ton of those too. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, because they're all the people from up here that drive them down there. For the yeah, time. all fucking rusted and shit. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that must be the worst. You see something with like Maine or New Hampshire plates or something like that, and Massachusetts plates fucking rolling. Close the oh, doors, what? dude. Oh, Shut fuck. the lights off. We're closed. <laughs> that shit. So this is gonna be a rusty mess. Oh Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and those, yeah, because I'll tell you, even with the camper that I've had to work on, my own camper, is I noticed they don't use waterproof connectors on anything. They use whatever's in their pockets, it's dude. And if they wire got no shit, fucking... dude, underneath the freaking vehicle. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is literally a trap for salt and corrosion. Yep. They use whatever's in their pockets, man. They'll twist wires together and just fucking use masking tape over that shit. <sighs> I mean, it's bad. Oh. I mean, I'm I'm guessing they pay those guys shit. I don't know. I have no I I have no idea. I don't really know what the the camper world side of I things. I don't know. Is. Maybe have, somebody's listening and they can come on here and tell yeah, me. Yeah, dude, it. Ex- explain the fuckery that we see, please. Somebody <laughs> come on and explain this shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> tell me why you suck. <laughs> do you do it on purpose? Right. Well, they could they could do it on purpose just to mess with guys like you and me that would end up working on these fucking things. Maybe. I don't know. It's fucking you know, horrendous, I, I, though. I think guys that with the pokey things, with the running around with their, their their test lights, trying to figure shit out. I think some of them do that shit on purpose. Like I'm Maybe. gonna create work later. I'm gonna leave this fucking hole here. You know, there's some hacks out there, man. There's a oh. lot. 
I had to work on this rusty. So here's here's one of the problems of working for a family business, a small family business. Is you have to work on all the friends of the owner's shit too. Oh yeah, and you're the only mechanic. Oh yeah, dude. So one of the one of the owner's buddies brings in this hook lift truck. Now you know they they like have the dumpster. They have the, like the swappable bodies and put dumpsters and flatbeds and shit on them. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Too. Yep. This thing is so rusty. I'm like, oh my god, get this thing out of here. And he's like, nah, Richie said you'll okay, you'll, you'll fix it for me. The hook lift's not working. All right, all right. I'll go bring it in the garage. See what's up. I get in it and I open the door and there's a hole in the floor. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, what am I getting into with this piece of shit? Get it in the garage. And of course, it was one of those Mr. Pokey Pokey was everywhere all over this thing. There's not a wire on this thing without fucking green crusties on it. Jesus. And I'm like, wow. Well, Let's pretty much redo all your harness, and we'll start from there. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, I'm getting horrible electrical readings all over the place. And, like, I don't know if you ever um, – oh, what the heck is the thing called? Oh, shit. I got this really cool attachment that goes on my multimeter that, like, automatically puts a 5-amp drawer on it on a few on a circuit. So if you can see it circuit test good, then you put the 5-amp – it's basically a little button hooked to a 5-amp resistor, and you put the hook it up to the 5-amp resistor, and if it's got corrosion on it anywhere and not really getting good connection, it'll tell you. Wow. And I was getting these everywhere, all over this truck. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you know, these, cause these hook lift trucks have like safeties everywhere and electronic sensors that tell it, like, you know, when the, the, the boom has gotten to this point to shut the hydraulics off and right. shit like that. And I'm like, cause the hydraulics not even kicking on. So if I, I finally get all the safeties working properly, the electrical working properly, this dude, I, you know, the, I, I, I get into the check the pump pressures, fucking garbage like a hundred psi on a system that's supposed to be running like two thousand psi holy shit man and i'm like wow i was like okay well i'm pretty sure your pump took a shit but i want to check a little more you know make sure no screens are clogged anywhere or something stupid you know what i mean it's not just allowing it flow so i crack open the hydraulic system and milk basically looks like a freaking christmas eggnog comes pouring out of it nothing like hydraulic fluid and i was like dude i think there's more water than oil in this thing and I was like, I'm pretty sure your pump's cooked. We're going to pull that and check it out. But uh, I think you've been running water through it for a while. And don't you know, every bolt on this thing to pull this pump out and everything is fucking rusted solid, piece of shit. And this, like, isn't even helping my company out. This is just like a favor for the freaking owner. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, this is fucking silly. I got to get this thing fixed and out of my fucking shop. <laughs> You know, so I end up getting it, you know, sorted out and everything for the fucking guy. But, like, that's the stuff that you kind of have to deal with. And, I mean, I'm guessing you probably don't have to deal with that. I mean, I'm sure the owner of the dealership probably, you know, has his cars and stuff like that that you got to do favors for. But I'm guessing you're probably not all the his friends and buddies and all sorts of shit like that that you got to neighbors and everything that they bring in, do they? Oh, yeah. I mean, every dealership has that. Oh, um, really? You got to deal with that nonsense, too? Yeah, but it's, you know, we they pay us. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I was on the clock, too, so fuck it. It just yeah. it just sucks. You feel like kind of unproductive, even though you're fixing something. Like, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's not like I, I'm not gaining the company anywhere or, like, in your case, making the dealership any money by, by doing this the way I'm doing this, helping this fucking guy out. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to be careful what you tell them you're, you're able to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I know exactly what you're saying, <laughs> my friend. There's many times in my life where I wish I just kept my mouth shut and pretended I didn't know shit yeah yeah you know but i just kind of wanted to also to say anything to the, any of the techs here listening out here like 
don't be afraid to get into the heavy equipment side. You know what I mean? There's a lot of money. It's a lot of fun. And basically, it's just a big, giant power steering system hooked to an engine. Yeah, that you makes know. sense. Yeah. It's it's really just a power steering system. Like, that's how I equate most of the knowledge how I have working on this stuff is to it was back in high school when I learned working on cars and power steering class. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have a pump. It pumps fluid. You have a valve. It makes something happen. And if something's not happening, something's fucked up. Pump, valve, actuator, line, you know, it's all the same shit, just bigger. Yeah. You know? So don't, you guys, don't be afraid to go try something new. You know what I mean? And try something a little different because, you know, working on cars is great. And we're always going to need tons of people to work on cars. But right now, the heavy equipment field is freaking hurting for techs like crazy. And the money is ridiculous. You know, you can make a ton of money. I mean, the only thing is it's, it's a little tough getting started is the tooling. You know, because, you know, I'm guessing most of your day is quarter, three-eighths, maybe some half-inch stuff for the most yeah. part, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm three-quarter, one-inch, big sockets, big wrenches. And let me tell you, them them big angle wrenches, they ain't cheap, and you need them. Yeah, I bet. You know, and if you're in the if you're looking to get in a heavy equipment dealer, make um, heavy equipment industry, make sure you got a good tool dealer because you're gonna break some shit, and you're <laughs> gonna have to modify some shit, and you're gonna have to do some shit that's gonna make you cry, like bend two hundred dollars snap-on wrenches to make shit happen. Oh yeah, I cut them up. I cut wrenches and just to make them fit easier because you can't get to the fucking bolt. So I'll oh, take yeah. a snap-on wrench and cut that bitch in half. I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, I hear you. But then, you know, grab like a $250 two-inch wrench. Yeah. Cut that motherfucker. (laughs) You want to cry. Like, you do it, but you're like crying at the same time. Like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. This this better fucking work. Yeah. You know? And it's, you know, I I, I will say, too, though, one of the things that when I was first starting out, when uh, getting into the heavy side of things, especially for all you techs out there, like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, don't be afraid to buy used tools, man. They're good shit. Yeah. You know, buy a used snap on from fucking ratchet, break it and fucking get it warranty. Hell yeah. It's Hell yeah. Shit. You know, it's still warranty. Fuck yeah. Especially you got a good snap on guy, you know, fuck. Uh, actually, uh, a funny thing. I got a, uh, so for some reason at the shop I'm at now, I haven't been able to keep a tool dealer. I've been through five tool dealers in four years. <laughs> Do Are they trucks that come over? Oh, yeah, 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 between Snap-on and Mac and fucking... Dude, they're going to be gone soon, dude, I'm telling you. They're going to be gone. Ah. I got inside. They're fucking terrible, dude. It's... Most of them are so... Well, I I shouldn't say that. Some of them suck, but I've been real lucky with... I've had some really cool ones, especially at this shop. I just wish they would stick around. That's the problem. first one, and I I know you, because this one will hit home with you, so I had actually a really great Mac guy. (laughs) for a little while and he'd been doing mac for years great guy glenn oh what a good tool deal always always felt like i got a good deal then he there a year retires oh you think they were able to fill that route (laughs) hell no jesus hell no i used to i that was my first toolbox was a mac hell yeah i mean i like their tools i still got their wrenches and shit oh dude i I got no complaints with the tooling. I just I yeah. need somebody around to swap them out when I break them. I reached out to Mac Tools to tell them, "Hey, you know, what can I do to help you?" And they don't they don't reply or anything. Really? Yeah, it's like, 
all right, whatever, dude. I'll just shit on you. <laughs> That's a shame, man, because, like, I know a lot of people see a lot of their stuff, and a lot of their stuff is, is like, Chinese rebranded DeWalt, but a lot of their stuff is also USA made by Proto because it's the same company. Yeah, and it's the good it's all price. proto stuff, you know, just as a Mac stamp on it. Like, I give a shit what the stamp is on it, you know? As long as you warranty it. But then exactly. the problem is the fucking trucks never show up. Or they oh. show up for a month and then they're gone. And they're UFOs, dude. They are so different. Exactly. Like, I, I, I found them. Then I had one in the area by where I live by my house. I, I think he lasted two or three months. Gone. <laughs> I don't know what how the... I got a little inside information on how the tool truck guys make their money and all that shit. And I can't really say much about it on here, but it's, I don't know how, how they can survive. I mean, and then the fact that like new hires in dealerships or anywhere buying tools off a tool truck is paying so much money in interest. Oh, it's just killing them. Like, Dude. Can't, how you, I don't know, man. I just can't see those trucks being around much longer because you can go online. There's so many tool companies out there. Oh, they're putting themselves out of business right now. Snap on alone in the last year and a half has gone up uh, 45%. They've had three 15% price increases across the board on everything. Jesus. All they care about is advertising on like NHRA and shit like that. Well, yeah, them truck and drag fuel cars cost a lot of money to yeah. keep going. That's all they, they promote is that. And, like, on their tool trucks, they'll be selling some fucking funny car T-shirts and shit. It's like, dude, start paying attention to the mechanics, man. Those are the ones you're here to fucking help. Now, have you ever had a company store? What do you mean? A uh, Like that your Snap-on rep was not a franchisee, but a company man. Worked for Snap-on. Uh, no. Oh, dude. So... One of my most recent reps was a company store. I got to learn a lot about how the company operates from this dude. Now, this dude, we ended up becoming really good friends. He doesn't do Snap-on anymore. I still get in t- keep in touch with him. But, uh, you know, he kind of let me in on a lot of the inside dirty stuff that Snap-on does. And they treat their franchisees like garbage, dude. Really? You know, they charge them for all them little hats and T-shirts and shit like that. Them, like, $3 China fucking T-shirts. Yeah, they charge them boatloads of dough for that stuff. the The company stores they don't, so that way they give it out for nothing. But like the franchisees, they make them pay for all that crap. You know, Jeez. the fucking China made fucking cooler and popcorn fucking sets and stupid crap that they try and give out to entice you to buy shit. Yeah, yeah, they make them guys pay for all that stuff. Jesus. Yeah, they make them pay for the receipts, like the slips that you get with like you know, and you go on the back, it's like a mini sales flyer. It says something about a product or some shit. Yeah, like the franchisees get billed for all that stuff. They wow. get billed for IT maintenance for their computers every month on the truck. Jesus. Yeah. They're, they're literally putting themselves out of business. It's kind of sad. And you know? they have to sell one toolbox for, you know, 20 grand and they'll make like five grand off of it. And then they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> if, well, been, and if the customer actually pays for it. Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a while and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a tool junkie, but I got I got a lot of tools. You know what I mean? Also, being in the heavy side, you need a lot of tools. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of different dealers over the time. And, I mean, at least with me, I found the only ones that stick around are the ones that cut deals and do in volume. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I've found the dealers that do that tend to last, like, a lot longer than, you know, the guys that are 
this is the price, the list price, and this and that. And those those guys, they seem to last a few months and they're gone. Yeah, they're trying to make the quick big book. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, and I, I've I've noticed it several times. And I'm just like, this is this is just how this goes. Like you guys don't fucking, you know, I it's, I think that guys don't feel like they're getting a deal coming off the trucks. They don't want to buy nothing, and I don't blame them. You know what I mean? They're Especially not... when you can jump on Amazon and buy a set of Capri wrenches or. Yeah, you know, exactly. also tools or something awesome like that. You know what I mean? For a, like a, a hundredth of the price for Christ's sake. Exactly. You know, at this point. And then the fact that they can't count on that truck to come back the next month when that tool breaks. Yeah. So they paid top dollar for a tool that broke and now they can't warranty it. So they could have just went online and just bought one for half the price. <laughs> See, I. I'm kind of lucky, and not lucky, but well, I mean, I guess I, I commute a lot in a pretty good distance for my work. So I go through a lot of different areas, and I know a lot of tool trucks in a lot of different areas. So a lot of times, you know, breaking stuff, I'll call this one or call that one and say, hey, yeah, I'll meet up with you and, you know, get swap, can you swap this out for me and stuff like that. Guys, I do a little bit of business with you. order one thing here off them here and there just to kind of keep the, keep the channels of communication going, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that way I get able to be warranty and stuff and stuff like that. But I kind of wanted to touch back a little bit on the, the when I had the, the company rep, the company store. Now, this dude was able to cut some crazy freaking deals, man. Like, he would take trade-ins on used tools and, like, fudge the numbers. And, you know, I was upgrading impact guns for, like, $200 and getting the latest, greatest snap on impact, you know, 9080 or whatever like that for, like, an old beat-up gun. Nice. Oh, yeah. You know, it was ended up being pretty cool. And at the end of it, right before he went to go start his own thing... What's nice is if you're a company store, they allow you 50% off for personal purchases. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he let me use his uh, his company discount for a little while. That was kind of dangerous <laughs> in, the last, in, in the last couple months that he worked there. Damn. Yeah, dude. You want to talk about dangerous? Say, yeah, here's the Snap-on catalog. Half off anything you want. Oh, oh. man. Yeah, I think I think I think I think in the like the last two months he worked there, I spent like seventeen thousand. <laughs> I should no, hang on. I bought like seventeen thousand worth of tools. I didn't actually spend seventeen thousand. Yeah, you spent but, half of it. Yeah, spent about half of that. But you know, hey, listen, that train don't come along every day. So when it's come along, you jump on that yeah, motherfucker. You, fucking, you go. You get a credit card and you fucking go all out. Dude, I was emptying bank accounts. I was rocking the credit card crazy. Like, yeah, dude, like th- this opportunity doesn't come. Kick myself in the ass. Should have bought one of them big ass fancy boxes. Yeah, yeah. I th- I almost don't like the one thing that stopped me from doing that is even at half off, I still think them fucking things are a rip off. Oh yeah, dude, they are. You know, go to Harbor Freight. The fucking box is the same shit. Dude, I, my my first box I got in high school used off the Snap On truck, an old used. Uh, KR single single bay up and down. Then I ended up getting a fucking trade in one off another Snap On truck that was a Mac one Tech Series. You know, yeah, like pff, awesome. You know, and that's what I rock till this day. And you know, you know, I use a roll cart around the shop. And you know, honestly, most of my tools live in the service truck. You know what I mean? I work out of the truck a lot just because I'm going out to jobs all the time. That's what the kind of tough thing is, is, you know, being the sole guy and wearing a lot of different hats. Like, I got kind of shit all over the place, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I might be working out on the side of the highway one day in some neighborhood one day, or I might be in the shop for two months straight and not have to go anywhere. <laughs> Maybe you get lucky, nothing breaks down. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> now it happens every once in a while. You get a nice little stretch, you know what I mean, when nothing breaks. 
guys aren't too hot on stuff, or they or it only, or they limp it into limp it back to the yacht or something like that. You know what I mean? You're able to take care of it in the garage. Hmm. You know, because it sucks like when the trucks break down on the side of the highway and shit like that. Not fun. Yeah, I bet. Especially if it's snowing. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, luckily the trucks don't go out in the snow too much, and the low we where we plow is close to the yard, so usually with the snow you can just drag them back to the garage. Oh uh, yeah. That's what I, that's what I usually try and do. You know what I mean? At least get them in rolling enough shape, hook chains to them, hook another machine to them, and drag that sandwich back to the garage. It's the middle of a snowstorm, ain't nobody gonna stop you. Ain't nobody out there. <laughs> exactly. Nobody out there is messing around with that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, you can do whatever you want in the snow. They don't bother you, especially when you're working for the municipality. Like nobody's bothering you. You know? Yeah. You can do whatever you need. You know, that's kind of the fun thing about working for municipalities is also too up here is you know all the cops. You know, because the cops are working on your jobs every day. I don't know. In construction down in Florida, you guys do police details? Like, you see cops, like, doing all the traffic shit at the job sites? Or is it, like, flag men? Uh, both. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll see them out there at certain certain areas. Yep. Yeah, so pretty much just about every job that we're on has cops on it. So you get to, you know, get to hang out with the cops a lot. And at the end of the day, most of them are just cool people. Some of them are just straight dickheads, but most of them are really cool people, and a lot of them are cool gun nuts, so we end up just talking shop about guns most of the time when I'm kicking around on one of the job sites. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, you know, the construction industry, it's it's something I would would always recommend for a tech wanting to kind of, like, expand their career a little bit off or try something different if they're getting bored of cars or if you like just being outside all the time. You know what I mean? Some people don't want to be outside. Some people, the idea of getting covered in mud in the pouring rain sucks. Sounds awful. But some guys like, yeah, fuck it. Like, dude, I'll go for that. Like, why not? You know what I mean? You get to be outside. And then you. the nice thing about it is, is you get like the transport, the, the I call transport time or, you know, in between, oh, I got to go here and do this to this machine. And then I got to go back to the shop or I got to go pick up parts. So now I'm getting paid doing all that in between where I'm just cruising. Nice. You know, I'm like, it's not actually working. Sitting there like, listen to the flat rate tech podcast going to pick up parts. <laughs> you know, when? You know, yeah. I, I, and I think it's pretty cool that you do this podcast, man, and, and also how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I will say, like, I really like when you have guests on because you get to listen to their, like, kind of story and thing. Like, you know, a lot of podcasts, I guess, interrupt a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, people try and try and talk over each other and stuff like that, where you're more like ask a question or make a statement and let the person respond. And then, you know. As speaking as like as a listener, like it's really cool to be able to hear hear the person's full response, and I like I really dig how you do that, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, I just I'm just a normal tech dude, nobody fucking special. So <laughs> when I have people on here, I want to hear what they have to say, and they want to say what they want to say. So it's like, come on on, you know. I appreciate it, man, and yeah. I appreciate you having me on, and let me give some of the people like a little bit of insight into what like the fleet life is like for a construction company. You know what I mean? Because there's a there's a lot of those jobs out there and a lot of companies are hurting for mechanics right now because the the guys that know everything are raging out and yeah. no, and people really don't want to come do this job. Like, you want to be a mechanic and then be a mechanic in the mud and get covered in dirt and grease and fucking, hydro, like, covered in hydraulic oil, being, like, upside down underneath machines in the freaking dirt and the sun and the snow. Like, it's rough. Hey, man, but, you get a company truck with, to haul all those bags home, though. <laughs> fucking right there's one sitting in the driveway right now (laughs) full of bags (laughs) not quite but we do you know we do okay you know what i mean like you can you can you know 
prevailing wage, if you can get a prevail, if, if somebody can get a prevailing wage job, which most of them are, if you look for the companies that do the work on your highways and stuff like that in different states, people can look up what their prevailing wage rates are. It's all public information. Damn. And that's what they have to pay their mechanics. Like that's, it is what it is. If they do work for the government and most construction workers for the government, you know what I mean? It just, it is what it is. They're building roads and sewers and sidewalks and bus stations and their airports everywhere. If it's government related, you're getting that rate and people can go look up on their state's website, write whatever the rate is. Some states are better than others. Some states it's probably shit. And I'd yeah. say probably stick with flat rate. You can probably make a lot more. But yeah. in, Ma- in, in Massachusetts and a lot of Northeast areas and stuff like that, and I know like California, right, the the, the, the wage rate is, the, I think they're over 100 an hour. Jeez. Along with like New, New York is right around 100 an hour if they're not over it already the last time I looked. But, Dang. you know, they got to pay you that rate no matter what. Even if you're, and a lot of times like with like paving crews and stuff like that, they got you sitting out there just waiting in case something breaks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they, they, if something breaks, they need to back up and going because they can't let that hot top get cold. You know, or concrete pours and stuff like that. Like, a lot of times you're getting paid to sit and watch stuff. <laughs> nice. Just getting paid, sit in your truck, listen to the podcast, you know, mess around on the computer, clean your tools, whatever. You know, get some stuff organized. And you're just getting paid that rate to stand by and watch things. Hell yeah. You know, but then if something breaks, the stress is on, baby. You know, it's time It's time to go to work, and there's going to be a shitload of people watching you, asking you, as soon as you're walking up, before you've even seen the thing, what's wrong, they're asking you, when's it going to be fixed? Yep. You know, like, we need this going right now. I, you you got to give me a couple minutes, boss, you know? That's crazy. And if, you you know, if people can handle the stress and the, the, the weather and stuff like that, like, there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. It sure sounds like it. And a lot of guys, too, especially, are now just going independent, you know, because it's not like a shop where you need all the overhead of a shop. Like, to be a heavy equipment mechanic, all you really need is a truck, you know? You need a truck and tools. Yeah. And then you can go do it. You know what I mean? So if you've got the tools already, people want to expand, you know, and a lot of guys start out with some, and you know, F-150, F-350, whatever, with, with some toolboxes on it. It's thought out like that. And if you can fix things, man, people people need it on site all the time. Like, I get people calling my boss from other companies asking to steal me to go help fix stuff, like, for them. Like, can you can you pile with your mechanic for a while? You know, Caterpillar's booking three weeks out before they can get somebody out here. Wow. And, yeah, that's that's been... That was the kicker is what got our company the computer what got me to get the company the computer is is Caterpillar since the since kind of the pandemic started they've been booking anywhere from 1 to 3 weeks away to get a Caterpillar technician out to a job site. That's insane. You know, there'll be some some situations in between there and I'm sure with their their much larger customers that have like billions of dollars in equipment they'll probably say yeah I'm gonna fucking work overtime I don't give a shit get out there. You know, but most of most of your smaller construction companies they can't get a guy out there for 1 to 3 weeks. You know, and it's, it's tough. You know, yeah. like, how do you say to your guys, like, yeah, sorry guys, we ain't working for three weeks. Cause you know, we, our machines aren't running because we can't get people out here to fix. It. 